podcast, Cinderella Chats. I'm your host, Cinderella Field. Yes, that's really my name. Along with your co-host, Sandy Hunter. We are so excited to be here to share some insight about life, love, and relationships. So let's get to it. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Well, it's been an interesting week. That it has. That it has. And what's been going on in your week? Well, lots of, you know, back and forth conversations with myself in my head with, you know, with God. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times those can be exhausting. Oh, I've, I've definitely been exhausted and <laughs> you know that I haven't yes. felt well either. I mean, I've you had an right illness, yes. right? Upper respiratory infection. Don't know how I got it. I mean, I do. I've, I've been around so many people in the last month and germs that I'm sure that I picked it up, but I mean, maybe it was God's way of slowing me down a bit because you know that I... You run full force. I'm surprised you haven't been sicker than you have been a lot of times. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You have one gear syndrome and it's fast and furious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think there's anything slow about you whatsoever. So, what are we talk? What are we going to talk about today? Well, I just think about you know. I just think about the last time we were here in in our studio. And what we were talking about. Yes. You know. Difficult subject. Divorce. Divorce. Yeah. Very difficult. Yeah. And I think we ended up on a hypocrisy note. We did, which is, I mean, hypocrisy, the word in itself is not a fun word because yeah. we know as Christians and even people that are not Christians, I mean, even if you just use the golden rule and and Christ has nothing to do with it, do unto others as you you would have them do unto you. And when I was growing up, you know, a man, he was as good as his word. Right. You know, if he said something, any man that was a real man, if he said something, he meant it. Well, and a lot of contracts, a lot of contracts, contractual dealings were done with just a small handshake. Yes, and an agreement, his word. Yes, his word and agreement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the word hypocrisy is very, very interesting. And when I talked to EI20, she said, I think you should definitely start with that. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just throw this out here for a second. Let's give the definition of hypocrisy because there's so many out there, but this is one that I think falls true that everyone would can understand. Hypocrisy, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. And what that simply means is what comes out of somebody's mouth or what they post on social media, or just their actions totally contradicts what they say that they believe. Well, you know, when I was growing up too, there was this saying, I mean, I think it's still true today, 
actions speak louder than words. And my even Maya Angelou said, if you listen to a person, you don't have to listen very long before they tell you who they really are. Oh, exactly. And then you watch them and you see who they really are. Why would you think they were going to be any different? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think we were trying to late the, relate the hypocrisy, how it plays in our daily life and how it affects our marriage, our children, society in itself. Um, monkey see, monkey do, monkey yes. hear. In the political arena. Yes. I mean, everybody gets into office with this whole thing of all these wonderful things they're going to do. And by midterm or towards the end of their term, you look back and you think, okay, none of that stuff was done. <laughs> they claim to be this, 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 and this, but here we sit with this. So I kind of think I, I can see how Satan takes that and runs in all different directions. But hypocrisy does have a motivation, does it not? It does. And so that's what we have a tendency to see with politicians. Yes. You know, and we can get off on that track. I mean, it just swirls in a big circle or domino effect, if you will, around our own communities, around our nation, and around our world. I mean, that's just the truth. Right. So I know that I said the last time that we were in the studio, that the moral compass is lost. It's like buried deep. And how are we going to bring it back up? But just speaking of politicians, and you know that we have an election, a big election coming up in 2024. And I, I mean, one of the people that really fascinates me that really has nothing to do with, I mean, he's not running for an office, is Elon Musk. He's a different soul. He is a different soul. He's, I mean, everyone knows that he is obviously a genius, but he says that we just need normal people in political roles. Okay. Which is kind of funny from someone who named their child Z2738541. Right. I I mean, I don't understand that. I really, I mean, that is just, but I'm not going to make fun of anyone's name for God's sakes. My name is what? (laughs) Cinderella. So, I mean, really, I can't say anything, but I know letters and numbers. I mean, that's just kind of different. That is definitely different. But so is North and, you know, yeah, the Kardashians or blue or whatever it is, whatever kind of name you can think of. I mean, let's just name, you know, the next thing, Texas. (laughs) Anyway, so hypocrisy is a very intriguing creature. Intriguing? Very deceitful. It's a characteristic that one doesn't want to carry, you know. Um, For instance, let's talk about this for a minute. The hypocrite... Is an intriguing creature. Now listen to this. Now I can see this. Your partner insists on honesty between the two of you, right? When it comes to finances. Yes. In marriage, Mm -hmm. you have these little deals and covenants that you make between each other. Yes. But then you hear from a third party 
an expensive night on the town in which your partner picked up the entire tab. These are the little hypocrisy moments in marriage. These are the things that you guys have made rules. You've set these goals for each other. And then somewhere that little thing sneaks up on you. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this question. Do you think these moral things that we have going with this hypocrisy stuff, you think that's part of the marriage breakdown? Do you think? Give me your input on that. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Yes. I, I mean... I can go into so many factors where hypocrisy is. I mean, you know, women are notorious for like, uh, if I get this in and he doesn't see it and I make it to the closet. Girl, I am so guilty of that. I, 10 times over, I can't even tell you. Me too. Hopefully admit, you won't admit, look in the admit. back of my car. Right. And then you pull it out and you wear it and go, oh, well, that old thing, I bought that last year. When he says, is that new? <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, really, it's not because, I mean, I've had it in the closet for a month and no telling how long I had it in the car before that. That's right. And then you justify it by saying what? I got it on sale. I got it on sale. I mean, it was normally, you know, $100. I only paid like 50 bucks for it. Yes. So that is considered hypocrisy. Yes. Yes. But, you know, I what I thought was so interesting this week is that I had a real struggle about oh my gosh, I don't know if I should, you know, Sandy, I, I mean, when I met you, we didn't know anything about each other. Yep. And I came to you for lashes because the, that's the only thing that I have done because I can't sit still very long. Mm-hmm. And um, I will never forget you asking me if you could pray for me. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I felt the Holy Spirit nudging, you know, when he nudges. Well, I had no idea that you and your husband had had a church for over 20 years and that you had just retired from doing that and all that stuff. But I do remember a few times later, I I remember what I requested and I said, sure. And you said, do you have anything specifically you'd like me to pray for you? Yes, I need God to show me clearly what I'm supposed to do because I know what he's told me, but I don't think that I have it in me anymore anymore or that I'm qualified to do it because of what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know what you told me a few weeks later. And I was like, oh, okay, really? And thinking, I'm not ever doing that. I know I wrapped my car because basically it was something. My children came to me and said, Mom, you need to be talking and writing about the things that you've gone through because you could help somebody. And I said, okay, well, in order for me to help somebody, I mean, I need to let people know, you know, how am I going to let them know who I am from a marketing perspective? And I said, well, I guess I'll just wrap my car then because that's what I'm going to do. And they said, do it. And I did it. And I drove that thing around to the point that, you know, my daughter, she called it, I mean, she's kind of, you know, a Miss Smarty Pants sometimes. (laughs) She said, well, when I did it, she goes, I'm not getting in that chat mobile. And she just, I mean, she and my son would, you know, from time to time say, you're going to continue to drive the chat mobile around and not say anything, not write anything. I mean, about things. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, you're driving a car around with your 
face on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Which is a very cute rat, by the way. I love it. Okay, well, but she's <laughs> but she's telling the truth. I mean, I mean, she said people are going to start thinking that you just need some attention. Mm-hmm. That you're just a little natty. Yeah, right. Call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I mean, that's not the first time that's been done. You know, right. I mean, all women going through a divorce. I mean, Get called crazy. Um, let's see, net case. Um, she drives me insane. Mm. I can't get along with her. I mean, that's what they say. Mm. And she then she's psycho. Right. Right. And all then, those wonderful little adjectives. Right. And let's just be fair to men because this is what the female attorney in my case told me that all men come to her, 100% of men come to her and say, My wife is crazy. And then 100% of the women that come to her say, My husband's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And he's driving me insane. Okay, He's trying to make me think I'm crazy. He's trying to make me think I'm crazy. Well, there are, I mean, out of the narcissistic community, people that have narcissistic personality disorder, and you can look this up yourself. The last time I did, it was about five years ago. Um, it was out of 100% of these people that have MPD, 75% of them are men. I can see that. Okay. And only 25% are women. So there's a much larger community of men that have that disorder. Well, and I think a lot of it comes down to the simple fact that they weren't validated as young men. They didn't have the fathers around or they experienced some kind of trauma in their life. So validation. Or a combination. Yes. Yeah. A lot of times validation is a is the key to a lot of things that come out of that. And they say that it can't be cured, but, you know, I don't believe that's really true. I believe that God can cure anything. Oh, absolutely, He can. But that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Well, but so is hypocrisy. To, I know. Well, listen, moral hypocrisy both justifies and facilitates infidelity. Did you know that? Shocking. Shocking. How shocking. Wow. That's just. (laughs) And the sad part is um, I was reading a study and it said romantic infidelity is disturbingly common. And some researchers estimate that infidelity impacts up to 25% of all marriages and a larger percentage of those that are just dating or cohabitating together. Right. And do you know what the statistics are if you cohabitate together before marriage and then get married? I mean, statistically, you are more inclined to get a divorce. Oh, I can see that. Okay. Um, It was saying, moreover, that marriage therapists considered sexual infidelity as one of the most difficult issues to successfully treat. Absolutely. And look what's going in the world on in the world today with the phones in hand of every man and woman. So it's not only men. No, it's women that too. commit, you know, adultery mm-hmm. or have, you know, a tendency toward infidelity. It's also women because what does it take? Even for a man, what does it take? Just if you're if you're heterosexual, let's just talk about being heterosexual. Just a willing female. Female. Okay. So I say, and this 
will probably bother some people, but I get it. It bothers me that it's a supply and demand thing. Mm -hmm. And if you, so men want it, and if it's supplied to them, they will take it. Yep. So if you cut off the supply, Mm -hmm. what do you think they will do? They will change directions. Yes. Well, to me, it's that simple. Well, I know. I get that. But there's just cutting that supply off is the problem. Um, Hypocrisy allows cheaters to rationalize their behavior as potentially facilitating future infidelities. Well, it also gives them the opportunity to rationalize their behavior when they're stealing something because that's what they're doing. So if they'll do that, what do you think they'll do at work? What do you think they'll do if they decide they want something Mm -hmm. and they just don't have the money for it at the moment? Or perhaps it's a woman that's friends with another friend and she has to borrow a blouse or a sweater or something and then doesn't return it because she wants it. Or, I mean, all sorts of things happen. You know what I mean? So when there's infidelity in one part of your life, there's infidelity and hypocrisy. I mean, it's it's like a cancer. It just grows oh, it spreads, and spreads. It spreads. And that, the crazy part is, is <clears throat> the one that's in a hypocrisy state of infidelity will justify or come up with all kinds of reasons why. It's okay. My wife or my husband wasn't meeting my need in this area, so... It's okay that I did this. I mean, they find justifiable reasons to continue or to look at their spouse or their live-in or whoever it is and tear them down and make it look like they're not who they said that they were. So I'm going to get the freedom to be able to go out and do whatever I want. And I'm justifying it. I don't quite want to cut them off. I don't want to leave them. Because God forbid if I have to be by myself for a few, I don't want to do that. I want to lay the groundwork over here in case this fall apart. It's all crazy. Or have everyone know that's going to see that what's really going on, mm-hmm. that I'm a failure mm-hmm. as a wife or a husband or mm-hmm. a mother or father. You know what I'm saying? Because sure. here's the deal. Infidelity doesn't just affect that we're we're talking about marriage. Yes. That's what we're talking yeah. about. And when there is infidelity and it grows like a cancer and spreads, and eventually, I mean, everything in the darkness eventually comes to the light. So when it does come out and you have to decide how you're going to deal with it, and if you end up in a divorce, and Sandy and I have both gone through mm-hmm. A divorce, right? Yes. When you were, you, yeah. you weren't married very long the first time, but I mean, I was married 30 years before it was done. And so when that happens, it doesn't just, but you had a child with that person that you were married to. So does it affect just you? Oh, no, absolutely not. It affects your child. It affects your work. It affects everything around you. Because nine times out of 10, when somebody is doing that, when somebody is out there in that hypocritical state, and choosing to do infidelity, 
what normally happens is they find a reason to be mad at the other person. And when they do that to try to justify their behavior, they will tear down to the other person. They will tear that person down to to friends, family, um, co-workers. They'll they'll use phrases like, well, um, she's mean to me or she doesn't take care of the house or he doesn't, you know, show me the love he needs to show me. I mean, they will come up with all these reasons. Reasons. For their behavior. Yes. You know what that's called in psychology? Go ahead. Give it. Deflection. Oh, absolutely. Deflection. Projection. Mm-hmm. Projecting that out to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he who protesteth or she who protesteth too much of. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You should look around the corner at what they've got hidden. A lot of times... I think there are underlying reasons why people do that. And I think a lot of it is their self-worth or they've been hurt when they were young. And I can speak from experience because I was, you know, sexually molested when I was little. So there was a time I was full of anger and I projected Mm -hmm. that anger out onto other people in my relationships. And I get that. But the true narcissist, who walks daily in hypocrisy is definitely one that's hard to deal with. I mean, just like it said, you know, and, and most people that are like that, they don't even think they need help. Well, they don't even see it. And they're super intelligent. Did you know yes, that? They're, absolutely. Very, they're highly intelligent people, but it's a coping mechanism for them. Sure. I you know, that. because they don't want to deal with the pain that created it or the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. And so they stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, and they go on looking for things in life that will make that pain go, go away. away. Absolutely. Whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sex, whether it's, you know, manipulating things at work, whether it's manipulating people, whether it's, you know, they want validation all the time to make themselves feel better about themselves. They can't stand being alone. They have to have supply, 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 and, you know, things that are called flying monkeys in the psychology realm of it. And it's just, it's really interesting. Well, the sad part is, Nothing ever gets fixed. No. You can leave one situation. You can leave one marriage. And well, the one thing you can't run from, I can tell you this. Oh, is God. No, I've tried. You can't. I've tried. But you can leave one marriage and you can devil off and devil off into something else. And you have not fixed that pattern of behavior. You have not went to the root of the problem and fixed it. So you know what's gonna happen? going to rear its ugly head in your next adventure if you truly don't get the help or you truly don't seek out. But that's what I would encourage anybody that's experiencing that right now is get the help that you need. Well, that's why I did so much therapy because for it, it, it took me years because I blamed myself. 
Mm-hmm. I, I did because that. my self-worth was beaten to the ground mm-hmm. by being, you know, I mean, it just was. I'm not going to go into the whys of it. Well, and here's the thing. It's, it's everyone out there can imagine and most people in this lifetime have experienced it, so there's no reason to get really graphic. But I will tell you, when you can seek help for yourself, you've got nine-tenths of the problem licked. It's those that sit back and think that they don't need help or the yeah. ones that are that struggle. But there are those ones that go out and air quote, get help like in recovery programs or some sort of, you know, group of friends, Mm -hmm. you know, like attracts like, I mean, that's really the truth. That's not, that's not, you're selling yourself short. That's not getting the help you need. Well, I know because, you know, what does it say in the Bible? Be careful who you associate with. Absolutely. I mean, everybody talks about not judging. I'm sorry. It's not condemning. That's not our job. We're not to condemn other people. But we certainly have to judge. I mean... Hold each other accountable. Absolutely. Right. I mean, if the speed limit says 60 and you decide to go 80, you've made a judgment to break the law. Right. Because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you stay within... The radius of, I think it's seven miles now, not go over seven miles. Then, I mean, you've stayed within, within what you're reason. supposed to do. Yes. Right. So it's it's called breaking. I mean, it, you know, if, if you just will stick to the commandments that God has given us and do it the way he wants to do it, I mean, don't you think that's a better course awesome. of action? Well, one would think, Cinderella, but you, you, we are sometimes dealing with narcissistic men and women. And narcissism is all about me, 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 I, 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 I. What's good for me? What's best for me? What helps me? What makes me feel better? What makes my world complete? What I need, what I need, what I need. Not caring about how your actions are going to hurt anybody else around you. And the crazy part about it is the narcissism and hypocrisy have the tendency to flip on the partner, which whether it be man or female, where the partner is made out to be crazy and a nut job. Um it's crazy if you ever, I listen to a, I listen to podcasts a lot, but I was watching something on YouTube one time and it was really talking about, and and I feel like the word narcissism has been really thrown up in the It's life. been overused. It's been, yes. I mean, everybody uses it for now for the, yeah, for everyone. Yes. And it's just not, I mean, it, it's totally different. I mean, yes, we live in a me, 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 self-centered, selfish uh, culture right now. I mean, everybody thinks that they're right. Everyone wants to be right. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an opinion. I mean, that's fine. Freedom of speech, right? But Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean, you know, if if you're told you're a blue sofa. Right. I mean, are you a blue sofa? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a human being. So no matter what someone says about me, do they know me? Do they really know me? I don't care. Call me whatever you want to. Yes, I drive a chat mobile around Tulsa County. I sure do. Because I was dared to in the beginning. Right. 
But I never get in that car and go, oh, I wonder who's looking at me. (laughs) I just get in that car and go. You know, I never think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth. Well, let me let me just say this of you, Cinderella. I know that you're you um you don't have an excessive interest in or admiration for yourself. And that's the definition of a narcissist. Wait a minute. You yeah. think not? No. I don't think you have an excessive interest in yourself and your needs and your wants, and that you have such a high admiration for yourself. Absolutely not. That's the definition of a narcissist, okay? Unless you know something that I don't know. Well, you and I hang out a lot together, don't we? We <laughs> Never. talk yes. a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we're sisters or something. Well, you don't walk around with a sense of entitlement. You don't. They have a sense of entitlement. Um, if they don't get their way, they become upset. Um, their feelings get hurt. The world is supposed to revolve around them. Never, let's see, negative moments are not supposed to happen to them. The world isn't going to be fair for everyone. If they don't get their way, it, that's just, I mean, that's just what an, an, a narcissist thinks of themselves. And the problem is, is they really don't care who they step on or what they do that they're supposed to be admired. So you you can look at a narcissist and you put them in a position, whether it be political, whether it be in the church, they're put up on a pillar and people are stroking their ego. Well, I mean, if somebody admires me, I think they... <laughs> The things that I've experienced just in life in general, but certainly in my marriage, my adult life, and especially the last almost seven years now have been horrendous. So I I wouldn't think that anyone, and I don't know, I would have to be absolutely beyond crazy, but insane to think that anyone would admire being in this position. I mean, I have been tested to the point of, I, I don't know. And, and you know that from time to time I say, what in the world is this stuff about? And so that's what I get back to this last week has been really difficult for me because I told you, I mean, how many times have I said, I don't want to do this, even though you said that God wanted me to? Yeah, well, God needs strong, forthright honest people that will stand up and push his word to those that are in need. And But I'm not always strong in my own sense. I'm just not. I mean, I know that people think that I am. Look at Paul. I'm I'm look at Paul. He he I mean some people like to say as some theologians think that the the thorn in his side that he spoke about in the Bible was his eyesight. And he was in the depths of really hell. If you can think about what jail and prison was back then. Oh my gosh, yes. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even wrap my brain around it. But look at the teachings that God gave him and look at the look at the path and the things that he brought to God's word that People live by on a daily basis. I mean, do they really live by it? 
Yeah, there are people out there. That well, there do. are people that do, but I mean, people also take the epistles because that's one thing that, you know, I studied this mm-hmm. semester that I went to Bible college and, um, and studied somewhat in BSF. Um, people take and twist words and, you know, semantics are very important for mm-hmm. a very good reason mm-hmm. because you know, as a local pastor said, child play and childlike, or no, childish and childlike are two totally different meanings. Yes. One is a negative connotation, the other one is positive. a positive connotation. So, what does a word do in scripture if you change it? If you change the semantic of it, it changes the whole meaning of the scripture, does it not? So that's where I think we are today in the world, and that's what bothers me so bad. I wonder when I've seen people the closest to me that I thought really, really wanted to follow God and loved God and would obey the word of God to something totally the opposite. Well, you know, and it, you see it every day, and even churches, even different religions. Pastors, yeah, yes. They, they take it and they twist. I had an uncle, which I think I've shared with you in the 70s. Um, he was a child of the 60s, and, you know, the drugs, love, peace, sex, hip, hippie movement. Yes. And in Genesis, there's a scripture that says, take upon the herbs of the earth— and he literally, before he would preach to a congregation of about three or four hundred people, smoke pot before he preached. No, I think he was talking about basil, you know. But you understand what I'm saying? Oregano, you know, thyme. <laughs> I think he was talking about bay leaves, sage, so, you know, things like that. Right. I don't think he was talking about marahuchi. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You can take something. Or marijuana that leads to marahuchi. Yeah, you can, you, can, <laughs> you can take scriptures and twist them to fit your need. You you can do it. And there are people in To make pastors, yourself feel good. Yeah, there's people and pastors that do it all the time. And that's kind of the same way a narcissist or or somebody that's walking in hypocrisy does. They um, like the compliments, makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. They can take things and twist situations to make themselves feel better. Because having to stand up and take ownership of one's behavior is hard. The most difficult thing that people could do every day is if they would look in the mirror every single day and... I mean, really look, take it, I mean, and ask yourself, Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? What am I how long can you... You know what? There's a podcaster, and I can't remember if it's um, Mel Robbins. I think it's Mel Robbins that... I mean, I think she has something like that where you really look in the mirror... I think that uh, probably Dr. Jordan Peterson has Mm -hmm. said something about that. But can you, how long can you look in the mirror before you look away? Exactly. How long? Are you happy with what you see? Are you happy with the decisions you've made? Are you happy with the next step you're going to take in life, life relationships or work? Are you happy with the parent you are to your children? That's or the husband one. or wife that you are to your spouse. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just... People don't want to look at themselves. 
No, no and you know what? Remember how we talked about that there are certain, you know, a percentage of people that don't want to be alone. And, you know, I told you that I'm too scared not to be alone because right. I, I don't want to leave this earth and have to meet him and him say, I don't know you. Because I, I just don't want to be that person. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm jabbing you in the eye to look at yourself, look at yourself. I look at myself and I ask myself continually, how can I be better? How can I be more like him? And I think the people that, perhaps the people that, you know, don't want to be by themselves. I mean, they just want to find something to fill themselves with that probably isn't of God. Sure. I mean. that, that I would say that would be a, a correct way of looking at it. I mean, I've been there when I was younger. But you know what it says in scripture, when I was a child, I thought like a child. Yes. And when I wasn't a child and I was an adult, I looked at things differently. And that's just, you know, I don't like pain very much and I don't like ugly. I mean, you know that. I've told you that before. I don't like the fact that I have been in the valley for what feels like such a long time. But I can say this, I have grown so much. Listen, I've seen you just grow so much over in the last year. I think the point is is allowing that vulnerability to be seen. And that's what God wants. He wants to use somebody. And nine times out of 10, he's always, even the Bible, he's used somebody that most people thought he couldn't use. Well, you know I'm crazy. Oh, well, you know, if you're crazy, we're all crazy. Um, I have, I I don't have a formal education of college. And? I mean, I I don't. No, that's okay. That doesn't, back in the Bible, do you think everybody had a formal education of college? No. No, and I, I mean, how much do I know about technology, Sandy? (laughs) I mean. You know more than what you think you do. Well, okay, but do I like it? No, it frustrates you. It frustrates the heck out of me because there's more than one way. And I think that when you learn something, you have to learn something one way before you explore other ways. And actually, just saying that, when you do something Mm -hmm. that's just a little off kilter, it makes you think, well, I wonder what the next off kilter thing would feel like. I just thought about that. Yes, it it projects, it stimulates that mind of what if. Well, something in the brain. Mm-hmm. So I just have never, well, not at least, not during the time of my marriage, I, I didn't think about what if, what if, what if. Because I can tell you this, the person that... I really believe God ordained me to be with and have children with. I would have never chosen that person myself. I just wouldn't have. You know, I mean, I just, I mean, I just wouldn't have. Right. And well, and the way you met was God ordained. I mean, from what you've told me, I mean, I, I seriously, what are the odds somebody's going to be in a in a place like that and say your name right after two seconds after you break up with somebody? I mean, what are the odds of that? Break up with a sorry, no good. Mm-hmm. 
I was trying to be polite, Cinderella. Well, well, I'm not. (laughs) Because, I mean... trying to be polite. No, I mean, I got myself into a position that I didn't... I was not aware of. I mean, the guy was married, Mm -hmm. okay? And I didn't know. And so when I found out, I couldn't wait to meet him and... Right. Kick him down the road. Mm -hmm. Seriously. And say, what's wrong with you? I'm done. How dare you? You know? And guess what? If a man is married, mm-hmm. you probably should say, see you later. Well, at least have enough moral respect for yourself to, uh, I was watching, what was I watching the other day? Oh, an old cult film, When Harry Met Sally. And I think it's the um, Princess Leia. What's her name? Um, Debbie Reynolds' daughter. I don't remember her name. I just remember her braids. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, she is a character in the movie and she's talking about with her girlfriends how he's just never going to leave his wife. And they're like, we've been telling you for years, he's never going to leave his wife. He has, he has a wife and kids and she's been having an affair with the married man. And for the love of God, she cries, she gets upset and she just can't understand why he hasn't left his wife. Well, he keeps telling me he's going to leave. He keeps telling me he's going to leave, but she never. But he never does. Well, you know what, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher, that's, that's her it. name. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, I have a daughter and a son, and I would not ever want to pick up the phone and have my daughter. Our son feel the agony of betrayal like that mm-hmm. after being married. Yes. And so before we get into like Debbie Downer things, I mean, but it's just reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just wouldn't. I mean, what mother would? Mm. And if my daughter or son were doing something like that, Come on, Sandy, we've had conversations. What kind of conversations do I have with my children that you know about? Well, they've all been pretty much well open and honest. Would I would I call them on their stuff? Yes. Yes. And they know that. Yes. And and yes, I would. And yes, they do know that. And I I would not take sides if they were doing things in a way that God would not approve. I just wouldn't. And they both know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and that's what we, you know, when we started the conversation, I was talking about what a difficult week I had because I just, in and out, in and out, in and out. Why do I have to do this? Who's going to listen? I mean, who cares? Um, I mean, just all the stuff that goes with it, the ridicule that I'm going to get for, Being honest. Being truthful. I mean, I'm just being truthful. It's not my truth. It's his truth. Mm -hmm. So I ask, you know, is the Bible really real? Are you going to do it your way or his way? And then when I kept on saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And there's a wonderful pastor that's at the church that I have gone to for years here that I walked away from because of some of the things that were going on there. 
And someone came in that I knew from that church and said, you have to come back. We have this new pastor. And I said, really? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't know about that because the church is not being truthful about all this stuff. Guess what? This guy does it. He Mm -hmm. does it. And he's so effective in his form of communication and telling the truth. I'm addicted to him, but I hadn't listened to him all summer long because during the summer, the senior pastors usually take a break because Mm -hmm. they know they're going to be really busy starting in the fall. Right. And so I went to listen to him this last week, and you know what he was talking about? And for the next three weeks, he's going to be talking about, what would you do if you could see the devil's playbook to ruin your life? What would you do? I don't so know. That, that just kind of comes yes. down. I mean, it's just like, what would I do? What have I done? Mm-hmm. And I haven't liked it, have I? I've done it kicking and screaming sometimes. Yeah, and saying, why, 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 why? And then I go, I know why. Because you know why? It has to do with his purpose and plan. Right. So I think we should. Hypocrisy is a really interesting word, and I can tell you, I don't know that we should live in hypocrisy to you? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and, you know, we can talk about hypocrisy. We can talk about narcissism. We can talk about all these ugly adjectives right? that have to deal with the psyche of each individual because we can... Including now, ourselves. Including ourselves. You, we're not going to sit up here and pretend that we don't have faults. Holier we haven't than done now. things wrong because I'm going to tell you, we, we have. I definitely have. But the point is, is learning from it and not repeating that in behavior. And that's what God wants us to do. We, we learn from things and then we just don't do it again. Yeah, breaking a cycle or yes, a generational curse. Because absolutely. that's what is really being created when you continue down that road of what you see. Absolutely. So I think next we should talk about some of the other things that all of that stuff brings on, like, you know, divorce and attorneys. And what would you do if you could see the devil's playbook to ruin your life? I just love that question. I know, and it's great. And this guy used a great analogy. He took the OU Texas football game from, I don't know if it's in the 80s, and he said one of the OU players went over. Not was players, on the, not players. One of the coaches. Was it, was it a coach? I think no, it was a coach. No, it was a player on the sideline. He no, had, he was tucking it in his belt. He had the. Yes, and it fell out. Yes. And one of the Texas players picked it up and took it back to the coach. Well, they thought, hey, we got their plays. So We're for the win so easy. Yes. So for the first, I want to say, two quarters of the football game, they looked at OU's playbook in which oh you actually planted the wrong plays well it, on it, purpose yes on purpose well they caught him off guard and OU was up 17 to 0 before Texas before the Texas coach finally threw that play away and said we've been had exactly so what do you think satan does yes. he's got his playbook and he's like whoo they've been had they've been had i mean i will just say this pastor is pretty Pretty interesting and just pretty fantastic because he's he's a he's a smart guy and a really good communicator. And you know why? 
because he really believes what the Word of God says in the Bible. So that being said, we're going to leave it there for now until we meet again. Yes. It's been wonderful, Sandy, as always. Conversation is great. We love our chats. We do. See you next Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show today, share it with your friends so they can listen in to our conversations about life, love, and relationships. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cinderella Chats, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We look forward to our Tuesdays together and know you will too.